Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Brian Tetta, executive producer of The View. It's Friday, and I'm here with Anna Navarro. This is Behind the Table. All right, so we're here. It's Friday. Anna Navarro is here. Now, for the second time in our 50-some-odd podcast, the set just collapsed behind me. This is the second time this has happened, both times with you here. You have some sort of presence that breaks the set can you can we or the set is cheap yeah barely standing up yes not there's no adhesive keeping this set up on the walls and so if i'm just what i like though is that the set falls on your head not both mine. times it falls on my head and i think it's because i think you reverberate around the studio <laughs> in a way that shakes things to their foundation into their core but here we are so we, we just came from the show in the last segment we were debating uh the reason we were talking about your the phrase you enjoy saying is that the only reason you enjoy do the show is because you get to be mean to me. I don't disagree. Joy, I think, is now a little bit more tentative about being mean to me. The other ones rushed to my defense, which I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, any any thoughts there? No, I have absolutely no issue on uh, <laughs> on putting you on the stand, on asking you questions. I thoroughly yes. enjoy the supposed feud we're in. Yeah, I really enjoy that, too. I think your wife enjoys it, too. I think Heather's loving... She loves it. You, you being called useless. I think, I th- yeah. I mean, it's, it's, that article's getting turned into a into into what? Wallpaper in your house? Christmas wrapping paper, I think, <laughs> is probably what it is. But, um, yes, my wife enjoys the podcast with you the most because uh, you're the meanest to me, which is good. She'll, she'll be a guest here eventually. Um, all right, so moving on from me, you made quite a bit of news this week, uh, but not by something you'd normally expect and not by our feuding. This time, your Instagram post about the Maluma concert. Now, you had talked about the fact that you were excited about Maluma on the podcast. Tell, tell me what's happened. Okay, what's happened? Let's see. I had this crazy night last Saturday. Literally went to the opening of Gordon Ramsay's new restaurant in uh, Miami called Hell's Kitchen Divine. Went to a gala for Make-A-Wish Foundation where Sting played Divine and went to the Maluma concert. This is all the same night, Saturday night, within blocks of each other, each of these venues. Uh, And I wrote on Instagram that Maluma happens to be one of the most good-looking, gorgeous, sexy. I mean, he is crazy good-looking. This kid is a perfect human specimen. Mm -hmm. And and I said that, uh, that I found him incredibly sexy and was... And that, but that he's 29 years old, which makes him young enough to be my child, which might explain why I'd like to breastfeed him. (laughs) (laughs) So, just to give you a window into my my world, I have, unfortunately, part of my job is just to be kept abreast of the things that you guys are doing and talking about. Oh, I see what you did there. (laughs) And I get the occasional news alert on my phone. So, generally speaking, when my phone starts, like, going off, over and over and over again with one host name. It's not the best thing, generally speaking. This time, I turned it up, and I'm like, well, what did, What the hell did Anna do? And, and I, I read it, and you didn't do it on the show, so I was fine. But um, what, people went crazy about this. They, they overreacted, in my opinion. You were well, making a joke. You were being a little 
blue, but that's you, and that's why people love you, and it's it's fine. Listen, if you don't want to get vulgarity and something <laughs> crass and directness and bluntness, literally, don't follow me, don't listen to me. But you know, I get the joke here. Yeah. I get the I get the the what what the thing is, right? So a lot of times, right wing, I'm clickbait for right wing media. Sure, they will get something I say, they'll turn it into something terribly negative, and there'll be and right wing media is incredibly impressive and good at all of them saying the same thing at the same time. Yes. So they amplify it. The left, they're all over the place. They all have different messages. But right-wing media, they have, I guess they must have these editorial calls or something where they say, okay, today we're all going to write about this, 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 and this. Oh, and Anna Navarro's a pervert because she wants to breastfeed Maluma. Yes. People, <laughs> first of all, I'm 51 years old. I couldn't get anything to come out if I, if I tried. I also did call, though, uh, my friend who's Maluma's publicist. And I said to her, listen, please, for the love of God, get Maluma on the show. And if he does come on the show, I'm coming out with a baby bottle. <laughs> All right. So, so you're, you're switching the formula. Yes, for I'm, okay. I'm switching to formula. Well, you know. So, so to be clear. Oh, and by the way, congratulations to Maluma because he's actually expecting a baby. He and his girlfriend are expecting a baby who's uh, going to be a little girl named Paris. Yes. And I am delighted for him. There we go. And I and your uh to your recollection to the publicist Maluma found this enjoyable. Please. Out of all the things you can say, I mean, you yeah. think I'm the only person, the only the only menopausal woman or man lusting over Maluma? No, I do not. Go look at him. He looks like he looks like a Latino David. Like, yeah. you know, like he could have been carved by Michelangelo. I've said it before. It's like I have a twin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, you were honored this week, um, not by right-wing media, but by the Hollywood Reporter's most powerful Latin players in film, TV, and music, as was Maluma. You, you, now, you came to this country as a political refugee from Nicaragua. Could your younger self have ever imagined that this would be your life? First of all, I, I still can't imagine that I'm on TV, that I'm on national TV, right? People with accents like I have. Uh, you know, chubby people like I am, people like me, you know, a little girl from Miami is not supposed to be on uh, on national uh, TV. And certainly I think um, I have a platform. One of the things that really touches me is when people, um, other Hispanics, when people recognize and thank me for using this platform, always trying to somehow find a way to represent uh, and that means a lot to me. Look, we don't have enough representation in Hollywood. We don't have enough representation in the media industry. It is not proportionate with our percentage of the population. But I do feel like there's been great progress made when I see um, lists like this that do have people. Some of them are icons and legends that have opened up the industry. People like Danny Trejo and America Ferreira and John Leguizamo and Eva Longoria I mean, you know, the uh, Estefans who really there was no crossover music. Mm -hmm. Crossover was not a thing. Now we hear with Ricky Martin. We hear with Pippa. We hear. But when Gloria Stefan first did Dr. Beat. Oh, my God. He's drinking every time I mention Gloria Stefan. <laughs> I was thirsty. <laughs> no, it really is impressive. So it was, it really was cool. very nice. Yeah. They had an event uh, in Miami uh, with, with some other folks that have been recognized. Uh, one is also uh, Chris Abrego, who I'm incredibly proud of. He's, you know, he and I have been friends for uh, several years, and he just started a new company for Latino content. Uh, so there's there's now people in the executive suites in a way that there weren't a few years ago. There's Cesar Conde, who's president of 
NBC News. There's, um, you know, there's there's directors, there's showrunners, there's writers, there's people really making a difference. And uh, and I'm I'm just humbled it's, to be in that. In it's their an company. incredible list. I mean, you certainly belong there. But when you see the names that are on it, it's got to fill you with uh, so much pride. I mean, it's really impressive. Okay, so from now on, I just want you to refer to me as Powerful Latina. Powerful that's Latina and a Navarro. Yes. Oh, that's next week's open. <laughs> yeah, I'll re-record this one later if we see if we can do it that way. But yes, Powerful Latina and a Navarro. I certainly never have doubted your power. In fact, when you got named to this list, you sent me a text saying, did you realize how powerful I am? And the answer that was is, a joke. I know, but the answer is, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Um, all right, moving on to politics. You talked about Senator Manchin not running for re-election on the show today and the possibility of third-party candidates. What do you think about a third party? I think sometimes it sounds better in theory and in concept than it does in reality. Look, uh, the, the political system in the United States is set up to favor a two-party system right mm -hmm. now. And there's a lot of things. It's just, you know, running for president is not just like, okay, you know what? I'm going to run for president as a as a vegetarian, and that'll be great. You have to go through a lot of, of hoops. hoops. You have to get on ballots. You have to meet filing deadlines. You've got to, in some states, uh, get the signatures, get the structure. get to, You know, it's not just this thing that comes into your head. And so it's very difficult to do it in less than a year which much less than a year because by the I mean the ballots get printed months before an election there's primaries in less than three months in some states starting I also think uh, that when you are facing the possibility of a Donald Trump who I see as an existential threat to democracy and to America and to the world and when you are looking at the possibility of him benefiting from a possible from Joe Manchin musing that he's going to run as a third party candidate. I think that's irresponsible. I think it's, a, I, and I also, I, I started off as a great fan of no labels. Mind you, my husband mm -hmm. uh, has been part of it uh, in the beginning. I started off as a great fan of it. I think what they were trying to do in building a legislative agenda that was bipartisan and trying to work across party lines and having a problem solvers caucus that they had in Congress was really a great thing. But sometimes I think they get caught up with themselves. And I am sorry, but I absolutely believe that there's a lot of uh, wealthy, elite, former this, former that, former Governor John Huntsman, former Senator Joe Lieberman, former this, who make part of no labels, who are very thirsty and needy of relevance and attention. Uh, and, uh, and, and and this is a platform they're using for that. Also, watch who the donors of No Labels are. There are a lot of wealthy Republicans who are donating to No Labels. And so I just, I don't want anything to happen that will help in any way, shape, or form Donald Trump be the next president. Whether it's Jill Stein or Joe Manchin or RFK or the guy from Minnesota or Pinka Polina, I don't care. I don't want absolutely anything. I'm going to be against anything and everything that may help Donald Trump in any which way. But as somebody who is a Republican who has trouble identifying the party that she became a Republican to be a part of, is the idea of another party that reflects those original Republican values appealing in any way if it wouldn't be a spoiler situation or not really? Because you've said this is not the Republican Party that 
you were you understood. Well, look, if there were if there were some races uh, at the at the local level, at the congressional level, yeah. maybe at the Senate level, where they could actually have uh, an uh, an independent where it wasn't a spoiler, right, where, where, was, where yeah. it wasn't a spoiler. Where I mean, there's you know, there's independents. The senator of Maine is an independent. Mm-hmm. Angus Kinn. There's um, when what was his name? The um, the wrestler. Uh, who Jesse was, Ventura, who was uh, who was governor, Jesse the he Body ran Ventura. as an uh, mm-hmm. independent. So there's there's states, there's races where independents might be able to win, and I think it would be great to focus on that and give voters that choice. I'd like to have a choice mm-hmm. in Florida. I certainly would have liked to not. I would have had not to choose between have to choose between Ron DeSantis, who is horrific, and Charlie Crist. Who is a horrible husband? Yeah, you were very. I remember how how distraught right. you were at having to make that so choice. So I would yeah. have loved to have a third candidate there who might have been able right. to win, but not if if it could help Donald Trump. That's where that to yeah. me is a a red line on the in the sand. I understand that. Woodward and Bernstein, pen and paper, wine and cheese. What about the perfect pairing when it comes to growing your business? That's you and Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're delivering daily digests or serving sensational scoops, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort, thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way, because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com view all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash view now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash view. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This is according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com view. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash view right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash view. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. Um... All right. Well, Tuesday night, we saw Democrats and abortion right advocates win major victories in Ohio, Kentucky and Virginia. Why do you think Republicans are losing on this issue? And are you surprised by it at all? Because, again, you know how sometimes we talk about uh, things in theory, things in concept and not things in reality. I think we have seen since the overturning of Roe v. Wade, the actual ramifications of what that means. Right. And. It, one thing is campaigning by sloganeering, mm-hmm. oh, you know, pro-life, pro-choice, pro-this. And another thing is to read the stories of the 10-year-old rape victim who couldn't get an abortion. Yeah. Or of the woman in Florida. This story just stuck with me. The woman in Florida who had to carry her child and deliver her child, carry to term and deliver the child, and then hold that baby for 90 minutes while it gasped for air and died in her arms because she couldn't get anybody in Florida given the requisites that it takes, given the fear that doctors have to perform an abortion. So the, the, you you have seen the cruelty. You have seen the health risks, the danger. It feels intrusive. I have no problem with you practicing your religion. I'm a Catholic, a bad one, but I'm a Catholic, and I was raised as one. I have no problem with you believing what you do. Just don't shove it down my throat. But I mean, I was I was with you when when it was overturned. We were on the plane yeah. flying out of the country to, to the, the do the shows in the Bahamas, and there was shock on that plane. But I, I don't know that any of us in that moment were, would be as confident as we are now that that Republican women would have a problem with this. And you know, I remember on that plane. Mm-hmm. So Whoopi was on that plane, and Joy was on that plane, mm-hmm. I believe. And I think Sunny too. They they kept saying over and over again. Um, before this happened, that they were afraid that it would go back to the times that they lived through. Right. From, look, most everybody on that panel, right? Sarah, Sonny, Alyssa, me, all of us have were were raised uh, in a in a era that was post Roe mm-hmm. v. Wade. Whoopi and Joy had the experience of knowing people who had back alley abortions yeah. with hangers, and they kept talking about that and the trauma and the fear. And it's it's ended up being true. There are women that are going through horrible, horrible, horrible circumstances. And it angers me to no end. And I think a lot of women feel the same way because most of the people making these very strict restrictions and regulations and laws that are passing in some of these states, including my own of Florida, they're mostly men. They're mostly white men who don't know anything about a woman's body. Uh, and who, frankly, don't know what it's like to be a, a poor black woman or a poor Latina woman facing uh, this situation, perhaps without without um, health care. It's just. Yeah. And so I think it feels uh, it feels 
dictatorial. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think any woman, whether you're a Republican or Democrat or anything in between, wants to be told by a bunch of mostly men what to do with their bodies. I think, uh, and I think it's, again, it's the reality. It's those stories, those constant horror stories that we're reading. It's the fact that doctors are afraid to be doctors. Yeah. We're losing people going into the medical field because of restrictions like this. And so I, I, I think that's the backlash you are seeing. What I have been, what I've been, I wouldn't say surprised by, but, you know, in politics often, uh, everything has a very short shelf life and attention. And Americans, I think, we have a very mm-hmm. a, a short attention span. So I had the question of whether this kind, the the energy and passion surrounding this issue would hold for as long as it has, mm-hmm. and it has, yeah, and it, and it needs to continue holding. Yeah, I think it'll definitely be at the forefront next year, um, certainly. So especially because. You can't win a primary without being very strongly pro-life on the Republican side, but you probably can't win a general election right. <laughs> that way. So it's interesting. Um, all right. Speaking of interesting, last Friday you went to see Joy's plays, Bonkers mm-hmm. in the Burrows. How was it? It was terrific. I didn't see you there. You know, so I asked her for a ticket. I might have even done it on the on the podcast. I We were promoting it here. She was talking about it. She was nervous about it. So I just assumed there'd be tickets available. I went online two weeks beforehand. It was completely sold out. I said to Joy, hey, I went online. It was sold out. Is there another way I can go? Is there something I can do? And she just said, you snooze, you lose. And I, I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay, I guess I'm not going. Well, I will. Uh, the place was packed. Yeah. Uh, so I stayed that Friday night. I didn't leave as I usually go home on Fridays. I stayed that Friday night to go uh, to support Joy. Yes. Um, I'm incredibly proud of her. This is, it's really it's quite amazing that Joy at 81 has found this next act. Yeah. Uh, and she's passionate about it. We have heard her talk about this, and she's been at this because she's been going to writing workshops. She's been uh, writing these plays. She's been, listen, she's been lassoing guests that come here <laughs> to go read and act on them. She yep. had terrific, terrific actors and actresses. They were, so it was a culmination of what I know has been years of work uh, by Joy, and I think they were terrific. They were funny. I really enjoyed it. She was glowing when she came back, and, you know, she's not somewhat, she's pretty pessimistic. She dismisses compliments, generally speaking, but I think she was proud of herself, and she should have been. Uh, And she said that she's going to, I think they're trying to get more showings of the place, so you're going to get another chance. I will be there next time, believe me. I will never miss it again. Um, All right. Well, listen, that was great. Thank you for joining me today, Anna. Um, You know, I've asked people to review the podcast and they're doing it, which is fantastic. And I'm really appreciating it. I'm reading every single one. So if you get a chance. How do you read the reviews? You go on to the podcast apps and you look at the bottom and there's reviews. It's great. And you can, they give us uh, five stars and they tell us what they like and what they don't like. Usually, you know, it's about me. And Do people like you? See, they seem to like me. Some of them. Are you sure you're not reviewing yourself? I am not reviewing myself. I'm not writing my own reviews. I thought about it for a minute, but I didn't do it. You're sure these are not, these are not bot accounts run by you? 100%. Yes, I'm 100% sure. Mm. You can see it yourself. And uh, if you get a chance to do it, please do leave us more reviews and tell us what you like, what you'd like to hear on the show, and uh, we'll do the best to come up with it. All right, right. I'm leaving. i got to go to Miami. I'm going to Ricky Martin. Oh, very exciting. But on Monday, we got Whoopi's birthday, and that's going to be something. So tune in for that, folks. Yeah. That'll be great. Those are always great shows. Yeah, we got a lot. we got Gladys Knight. we got uh, Hannah Waddingham. we got Favorite Things. It's going to be great. So thank you, and have a great weekend. Thank you. 
Behind the Table is executive produced by Brian Tedda. Supervising producers are Nathan Getty and Summer Shake, with production assistant Emily Darcy. The vice president of ABC Audio is Liz Alessi, and the executive producer of podcast programming is Laura Mayer. Special thanks to Lori Hogan, Susie Liu, Meg Fierro, Enza Dolce Nini, Josh Cohan, Ariel Chester, Frankie Perez, Audrey Mostek, and Dana Schaefer. 